Welcome to Rock's Fall, Everyone Dies, Wine and Spirits Edition. This is the suggestion box, or as I prefer to think of it, the circular file, where players can complain about their DM to their DM. Today, I'm interviewing DeSombra. So DeSombra, how mad at me are you? Oh, I'm furious. No. Hmm. How mad am I that you murdered all of us? To be honest, I actually am not mad. I'm more shocked. I'm more surprised. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yeah, you know what? You're like one of my students. I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> this is the point where you're supposed to cry and say you're sorry. Ah, right. You know what I say to my students? What? I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Well, I'm also mad. I- I'm angry. I- I'm anger pointed. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I-, I have to say this. I definitely did not expect to be murdered <laughs> when you told me about this game. I don't know what I expected, but it definitely wasn't to be murdered. Yeah, how's this for a first game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's It was shocking. Should it have been shocking? Probably not, since you did call it Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. It's in the title, which apparently we all ignored. Yeah, I had you guys fooled pretty well. Um. <laughs> and just for the record, for, for our listeners, like when you approached me in school and was like, hey, so do you want to like play D&D? Are you interested in D&D? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? You like kept kind of like giggling about how evil you were. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Didn't really think about that. <laughs> it's best not to think about it sometimes. But I mean, you being shocked, I'm so sorry that I shocked you. Also, I'm not really sorry that I murdered your character, but uh, hey, at least you got cool vampire powers. Oh, yeah, definitely the coolest vampire powers from my turtle bard. That's definitely something that I was really expecting when I created my character. <laughs> Speaking of which, how do you feel about being undead? Me or or Greg? Both. Let's go with both. Oh boy. So I I personally, I'm pleasantly shocked, to be honest. I joke about being mad, but like, I think this is an absolutely compelling story and I'm really excited to be a part of it. Plus I love angsty stuff. Like I'm a big Buffy fan, so anything that's like super angsty, I'm just really into it. That being said, while I accept it as a player, Greg is not so happy. Not that Greg was ever really happy. I feel like he's sort of going through an existential crisis because his assumption for so long, he's very old. He's over 300 years old. I thought we decided he was 150, but whatever. He's 300 years old. Sure. Yeah, whatever. To be honest, you're probably right, but I keep saying 300 years. I don't know if you noticed this in gameplay. Yes. Is that even possible? I mean, sure. Why the heck not? If elves can live for 800 years, uh, then then turtles can live for 300. Sure. Literally the oldest turtle that ever lived. <laughs> yes, considering they die when they mate. Very Zoidberg situation. I mean, that's part of the inspiration, if we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. He is the loneliest turtle. Title of a children's book. The loneliest turtle. Oh, God. Greg does not belong in a children's book. My God. I, I feel like the amount of times that Jin has to bleep me as Greg, it's evident enough that Greg does not belong in a children's book. We're certainly doing a trial by fire in editing. God, I am so sorry. I think the thing is, it's really interesting because I have to spend the whole workday not cursing. But as soon as I leave the school, it's like it rips out of me. I can't help it. Yeah, sailor mode on. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, no, I think the thing about Greg and he kind of spent a lot of his life partying and trying to fill like this empty space 
that he couldn't fill for various reasons because of things that happened in his past that I'm not going to talk about. We'll save it for a flashback. Yeah. Definitely not going to reveal that right away. And towards the end of his life, because he's lived so long, it feels like everything around him has gone away. He kind of took on a really nihilistic view of life. So to wake up and be alive still after thinking that that would be like the end, it's definitely messing with his head because he really did not believe in an afterlife. He did not. He was ready to go is really what I'm saying. This was it. Like he was already kind of languishing. There was nothing really there for him left. Everyone was gone and he's the last one left. And to have to live another life is kind of agony. He's not dealing with it very well. I think he's really angry at, it's Khaled, right? Yeah. I think he's very angry at Khaled. I think his worldview has really been altered because he, again, did not expect this. He didn't think that something like this was possible. So yeah, how does he feel about it? He's horrified. He thinks he basically considers himself an abomination. I'm glad I could create this existential angst in you. Yeah, right. I mean, he already was sort of had this existential angst that he dealt with by being a jerk. And now he gets to be an undead jerk. Yeah, and I mean, and and that's the thing about it is like he has such a wall and like, yeah, he uses humor and he's going to be nasty to people and he hates certain people and he's just like this crotchety old dude. You're not going to notice a difference in him right away because it's not external he's got his shell metaphor yeah he has a shell but like a metaphorical shell too Whoa. so deep so deep so deep like really not but yeah so you're not gonna notice a difference in the way he acts but internally 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 oh i thought you said internally it well that too he's kind of he's in pain and just to get further into it, there is a philosophy. Hakuna Matata. It, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going to, def- there's definitely going to be listeners who are going to be like, she's not talking about this in the correct way, or she has no idea what she's talking about, which is true. And those people can direct all of their criticisms to the circular file. Right, exactly. There is a branch of nihilism that kind of prescribes to the idea that the fact that life ends is what gives it meaning. You know, is it bad that I really I really like Nietzsche because of his mustache? I mean, it depends. Like, is it just his mustache or is it the other stuff that he wrote about? God is dead and man killed it. It's a little too metal for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> let's Let's be honest. It's mostly the mustache. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair. I mean, you were talking about nihilism. I just had to bring it up. That's that's fair. I mean, a mustache respect. Yeah, I mean, like, who is gonna rock that mustache? That's a, that was that was a fearless raw mustache to rock. So unkept. <laughs> yeah. So, and I don't, I don't think this is Nietzsche. It, it could be. Listeners, please shout it out on social media. Oh God, what have I done? <laughs> you just made more work for yourself. I really have. Um, although now I'm interested, but, but but this is just something that I was thinking about. And truth be told, some of some of this character came out of the ending of BoJack Horseman. It was a good show, and it, we're not. We should not spoil it for those who have not seen it. It, it is. <laughs> I think I did when I was talking to Lena. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Well. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess we're just gonna have to let it go. Uh, sorry, everybody. If you've already been spoiled to BoJack Horseman, then you've already been spoiled to BoJack Horseman. I feel like in these interviews, my goal seems to be probably from the outside 
the the listeners probably are like, wow, the somber really wants to make us angry. <laughs> but yeah, so so the character, there's a lot of influences with the character, but like one of the influences on his philosophy is the ending of Bojack Horseman. And not to spoil it even further, but the ending is really steeped, and actually the whole series is really steeped in nihilist philosophy. And it's not the same nihilism that you get from like a show like Rick and Morty or even where it's like nothing has meaning. It's everything. Meta humor is the only humor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But Bojack is more like, yeah, people are just people. And that's just the things are the way they are. And people can try to change as best as they can. But in the end, people are just going to be the sum of their actions. Right. Exactly. And that's actually the philosophy that I personally, I don't want to say can relate to, but it's one that I can see as being interesting i don't want to say i I, I prescribe to any particular philosophy because i don't know enough about it to really say i prescribe to it but i I find it to be interesting and it's something that i've imbued into this character where he sort of feels like the ending is what kind of gives some meaning to this very long life that he's led and he's had so many he's kind of like a bojack character because he's had so many steps forward and so many steps back and he's tried to find meaning in different places and that's just not worked out for him also he's an animal person yeah that too (laughs) (laughs) so there's a few things there that i've stolen from bojack okay you got me (laughs) i can't remember the exact quote from uh neil degrasse tyson i had to look it up because google thank google for me, I am driven by two main philosophies. No more today about the world than I did yesterday and lessen the suffering of others. You'd be surprised how far that gets you. For a while, when I had Facebook, it was like my banner. Yeah, I mean, I definitely like that. As a philosophy, it's sort of hopeful, but it's also very pragmatic. Yeah, and I, I agree. I agree with that philosophy. I think it kind of covers all the bases, right? Yeah, it covers all the bases of being an informed and good person. Right. And I think those things are important. That being said, I also sort of gravitate towards some of the nihilism in the sense of, I don't necessarily, oh God, are we going to really get into this? Do you want me to to halt this discussion? (laughs) You know what? Let's do this. All right. (laughs) We're going to discuss hardcore philosophy on a D&D podcast. Let's do this. (laughs) Well, this is barely hardcore philosophy. Oh God. For all the hardcore philosophy people out there, they're probably already firing up to uh, go all over our social media and be like, you got that wrong. I mean, not that everyone in philosophy is like that. Don't don't get me wrong. I find that philosophers have a very interesting job on paper, but the actual practice of what they do puts a lot of people to sleep. (laughs) It's a lot of arguing about arguing and arguing about questions. I kind of like that, though. What does that really mean? Yeah, and 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 that can be very tedious, but I I mean, so as a social studies teacher, I think it's very interesting to think about how we know things and to challenge, like, I think philosophy really challenged the way we think about the world, and I so I appreciate that, but I guess what I'm saying, going back, is I don't necessarily believe in a higher power or that there is some kind of, yeah, I'm going there, I'm telling you I'm an atheist. Oh, religion. That's it. Cut it now. Cut it now. Pull the ripcord. No, all I need to do is start talking about politics and we really just hit all perfect on these wine and spirit episodes. I've talked about pizza. I've talked about politics. Yeah, like we've just I'm just really hitting all the bases here. Who else can I offend? Yes. Uh, Yeah, so I guess as someone who doesn't necessarily believe in a higher power, I 
think that we have to sort of make meaning for ourselves. I rather think a little more hopefully than just to be like, there's nothing. Mm. And so that's why I sort of gravitate towards a more nihilistic view. But that does not mean that I'm sitting here going, life is meaningless. And There actually is a really great line in Doctor Who. I don't know if that's one of the shows that we share in common or not. I know we share Buffy and Con. I do like Doctor Who, but I am so out of date. So am I. I have not watched since Matt Smith's uh, run. Even then, I missed his end, the ending of his run, mostly because I just don't have time. <laughs> but this was, I forget which doctor this was, but anyway, life is sad because it ends, but life is beautiful because it ends. Right. And that is a very pure, at its core, nihilist philosophy. Exactly. And actually, that reminds me of another quote. Welcome to Wine and Spirits Bartlett Edition. Right? <laughs> To quote someone else who did the show Cosmos, but the original. Uh, Sagan, my hero. I have his book right here, actually. That's crazy. One I mean, Carl anyway. Sagan was, was an amazing human being. And I think there's a quote from, I, I believe it's his wife. Uh, which, I think he had more than the one. The most recent one. Yeah. Oh, okay. The one he was with when he passed away. Right, 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 right. She was also part of the Cosmos thing. Yeah, she was. she's the producer of the new one, right? Or am I wrong about that? No, I'm pretty sure she is. Andrewian, I think. No. I'm really bad with names. Uh, we could Google this, but at the same time, just, eh, whatever. Yeah, so. We're like, we're just talking. We're just two people talking. You got to listen to us. Actually, you could probably turn it off, but you know you want to listen to us because we're super interesting. Yeah. As we talk about philosophy and nihilism. <laughs> yeah. You know, a game that I think would be really up your alley. Um, I don't know if you play video games. I, I don't have a lot of time to play video games, but I've heard really good things about um, a lot of different games. But this one, uh, Near Automata. It's apparently it's super steeped in philosophy. It's I, I feel like it would be up your alley. Anyway, no, this is not a gaming podcast. Well, no, this is a gaming pod. Okay, go on. You were saying. Oh no 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 no! It's okay. <laughs> like that sounds. I mean, that sounds interesting. And do I have any time to game during the school year? The answer is no. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. It's the reason why I stopped watching Doctor Who. I just I just ran out of time. I mean, same. Oh, I think this is it. I don't think I'll ever see Carl again, but I saw him and we saw each other and we found each other in the cosmos and that was wonderful. So it's kind of like, it's all chance. It's all human chance, but we still can make meaning out of that. Fancy. Yeah. If we're talking about philosophies of death, Keanu Reeves has a great what one. What is it? I think it was uh, Stephen Colbert who asked, what do you think happens when we die? And he took a moment, he paused, he thought about it. And then his response was, I think that the people who love us will miss us. That's true. That's a really good response. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, it's since since we're talking about death, welcome to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. Strangely enough, a podcast that deals a lot with death and loss. It's topical. And I don't know. I'm, I'm sure someone's interested, right? The three listeners that I haven't totally turned off to the podcast. Boy, we got a lot planned for the three of you. Oh boy. It's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> and to be fair, like, and I don't know if you have, but as we were planning out my character, and I don't know if you have as you were planning out this campaign, this was actually something I thought about in depth. And I didn't even know about the death thing. I just was like, okay, this guy's going to be super old. So I feel like he needs to have a philosophy about death because he's going to be thinking about it a lot. And now he's going to be thinking about it a lot for a very different reason. Yeah, this is why it, it totally messed with his mind. Oh, that was actually one of the things I found really difficult about your transition into undeath because Greg really wanted to die. So one of the things that I had to balance was I had to basically motivate you to stay alive in order to keep that character around for the future storyline and to like keep that storyline going so with being a vampire a lot of the things that you do are like instinct to stay alive 
I don't think we've really played it up about how much Greg will have to be driven by instinct to stay alive, even though the demons of his past have caused him to want to end the story. But basically, there's a couple of ways that I'm trying to go about this of either making any active opportunity by Greg to end it, either really scary or really difficult, and sort of like tethering you, at least for the time being, until you've developed some kind of relationships that will keep you going without me having to force your hand. Right. That's been a really tough balance for me with your character. And I wonder, I know this is your interview with me, but I have to ask you a question. Did you expect that? <laughs> I didn't really expect, because like, typically with D&D characters, and this is not a knock against your being new, but because you're new, yeah, I sort of expected you to not want your character to die right away like to not want those things to to sort of cling to life a little bit more and so i was not expecting this attitude toward death although knowing you personally i guess i shouldn't be surprised because you're like super metal oh yeah you're like one of the most metal people i know true that I, I mean, I'm glad I had that impression on you because it's 100% correct. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The one thing I have to say, and it's really good that you like geared me or rather in some ways persuaded me to, to want Greg to be a vampire because the one thing I don't think he wants is wanton destruction of other people. Like he doesn't want to kill innocent people. He might be a grouchy jerk, but I don't think he wants to, he doesn't want to kill everyone. He might want to die and he might be miserable and, he, and he's totally okay with murdering people who deserve it. As we may or may not see in the future. Right. Like he's he he's definitely a gray character, one that the line is drawn a little bit further, maybe than for some other characters. But he doesn't want to kill innocents, which is one of the reasons why I enjoy putting such delicious bait in front of you. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So like the fact that there is that instinct that he has to feed, and if he does not feed, if he if he chooses to just starve himself, he would actually. He wouldn't be able to control himself. And that's a problem. That's a problem for him. I think that's something that is also weighing on him. Yeah. That he knows that he would do something like that. Mwahaha. And he is like basically the only code he has. <laughs> I'm glad we finally found something to keep your character in check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he's not going to keep his mouth shut, but he, he, he may, but he's not going to crawl. He, well, I can't say he won't cross that line, but if he does, it's not going to be something he's going to be happy about. It's going to hurt him. Why am I telling this? Yeah, well, I mean, I've already, <laughs> considering it's already sort of happened uh, in, in, I think it's session, episode four. Anyway, should we tell our listeners the options I gave you? Yeah, you know what? Let's do that. With the other characters, there were like thematically or personal history appropriate options that I, I went with for their personalized undead experience. Of course, I gave everybody the option of like, well, you could go with the personalized, customized uh, undead experience, or you could take one of these other options. For Greg, I didn't have a personalized, customized option because there are really isn't a lot of folklore out there about undead turtles. So it gave Greg fewer options than everybody else because there was no personalized option for Greg. So the options were a revenant, which is a zombie that is int an intelligent zombie that is like driven by revenge. There's the vampire, which Greg chose. There's the Franken turtle, which is a flesh golem style thing, which is an option I thought you were going to choose for a bit there. I I'm kind of glad you didn't choose that one because there's there's other 
there's other things that I want to do with that. Mm-hmm. Hold on. There's Revenant, Frankenturtle, Vampire, and Ghoul. The grave robbing, eating the flesh of the recently to less recent to most assuredly not recently dead. And each of those options had like certain benefits for you and also certain drawbacks. In all of them, there was something you had to do. With the Revenant, there wouldn't have been a hunger issue, but there would have been a driving focus. With the ghoul thing, there would have been a hunger there, but there would have been options to satisfy that hunger without going after somebody, something alive. And with the vampire, we'll see. Yeah. There was also an option to go with ghost for a while there, but uh, mechanically speaking, that would have been hard to do. Sort of took that option of ghost off the table, mostly because no one really had a, a particular item that they were attached to that would have made being a ghost feasible. Well. That's true. Your automaton. You could have been a haunted automaton. Oh, that would have messed with him so hard. <laughs> that would not have been good, but I... Yeah, because there's no way to kill yourself. And there is also that one item. Yes, that we can't talk about. Yes, that we're not going to talk about. (laughs) That's what I was actually thinking. That would be evil. Speaking of which, um, are we going to be talking about your unfinished business at all? Oh, boy. I don't. See, I want to leave a lot of his backstory kind of to the game being revealed as the story unfolds. I'm trying to think of ways to talk about it without saying exactly what happened i guess i could say is he has unfinished business yeah that's all i'm gonna say (laughs) he has unfinished business we'll leave that there oh hey this is your friendly neighborhood surly turtle greg and your social media manager disombro just cutting in for a quick shameless self-promotion to tell you to like, share, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To take part in polls or ask questions that you'd like us to answer in future Wine and Spirits episodes, or just to enjoy some spicy memes. To find all our handles in one convenient place, you can visit us on our website at rfedpod.com. If you like our show, sharing the show with your friends or leaving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice will really help us grow and reach more people. And if you have a project or a business you'd like to promote on the show, reach out to us at rfedpod at gmail.com. What flaws or quirks does Greg have now that he's a vampire that he didn't when he was alive? Because we've talked a lot about what Greg had when he was alive that has changed now. What's new with Greg? Do you mean other than, you know, bloodlust? Yes, other than <laughs> literal bloodlust. Actually, it's more bloodthirst. He's smellier, to be honest. <laughs> he's smellier. Is he, though? Because you never really talk about the smell of vampires. Yeah, but like, just think about Greg. That's fair. You are an incontinent ancient turtle. That's what I mean. Like, he's already incontinent. He's already kind of smelly and doesn't care about his like physical. Like, he does care, but he cares about the wrong things. Which is one of the things I use to pitch uh, being a ghoul to you because ghouls actually do have a stink attack. That is totally fair, and that would have fit really, really in with his personal hygiene and who he was as a who he is as a person but he also is carrying around dirt yeah so basically you smell of turtle poop and grave dirt yeah because remember he poops in his shell actually does he no i've seen turtle poops oh yeah i guess he doesn't where is he pooping? and he doesn't wear pants
Wait. So he just poops wherever. Do vampires poop? Oh my god. I have seen there is a, a flash animation um, by uh Chulade, who's a, an English animator. He does the Bitey of Brackenwood series. He was actually contracted by Wizards of the Coast to do like a series of promo animations. And one of his shorts that he has is a vampire. It's like a Nosferatu vampire that's sitting on the toilet, and you just you hear the sound of the toilet, and then the vampire looks down and he goes, oh, Oh my god. That's a really good question, though. I mean, in all of the lore, vampires don't poop. But I'd imagine that it would be, you know, tarry and black based on the way that gastrointestinal bleeding comes out on the other end. So does Greg poop? Um, you know what? I'm going to leave that to you, but I'm going to heavily encourage a yes. I would say yeah, and I would say that was one of his quirky changes. It's just tarry coming out of his butt. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't wear pants, and he's probably just all over the place oh god see he does smell like bloody oh as oh. he would say poopy <laughs> poopy and all over the place <laughs> yeah so he's really filthy and i don't think that's changed he's just gotten filthier i i like how we're learning new things about greg <laughs> together we're just like making it up <laughs> that's well that's one of the selling points of DD. i love it this this was totally planned out <laughs> every aspect all the way down to the minutia of how does he poop <laughs> <sighs> well one thing that was definitely planned out was him not wearing pants yes and the purses. Oh, yeah. So that's not a quirk that's changed, though. He still loves purses. And I, I keep calling him a him, by the way. Greg is actually has no gender because part of the inspiration for Greg, I've already talked to Lena about some of the people that have inspired Greg. And this is something that I've been really open about. There's actual people who inspired him. But one of the things I thought about when I was thinking of Greg as a character is like, what if Freddie Mercury stayed alive forever? Oh man, I miss I miss you, Freddie. Which is really sad. And so I feel like he is going to be very open about like first of all, gender is not something he care like they care about. It's just not. I mean, considering turtles and tortoises and turtles have um, there's a distinct difference between the male and female, not in size or in coloration, but in the shape of the curvature on the underside of the shell. Yeah. It would be fairly obvious to anyone who knew anything about turtle biology what Greg is, biologically speaking. Right, but I don't think he cares about that. Fair enough. I think I think in my concept of the character, he's not going to be, and I keep referring to him as a he because he presents as a he, right? Yes. Biologically a male turtle, but they're not performing any particular gender. Hmm. So there's a so there's a concavity to the shell, but other than that, doesn't necessarily matter. It's a weird thing that I thought about when I was coming up with the character because I just feel like imagine this late seventies, eighties rock star who was androgynous at the time. What would this person be like? And I just don't feel like they would care about gender at the age of three hundred. In my concept, Greg wears nail polish and carries around purses, and that's, like, just who they are. So, are you trying to tell me that Greg is David Bowie? Yes. Yes, I am. Oh, my God. <laughs> By the way, 
a game I once played in where we were all level one goblins. The cleric character was a cleric of the Goblin King, and they worshipped David Bowie's balls, the crystal. That's amazing. Yes. Jareth, the Goblin King from the Labyrinth, of course. Beautiful. But yeah, that's sort of part of the inspiration of, of them as a bard. Again, like the, the pronouns are going to shift between he and they. And I just imagine Greg is being androgynous, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Okay, good. And also, as far as his sexuality, which is not a question you've asked, is he's fairly open about that as well. Ah, would you like me to ask that question? <laughs> You can if you want. I feel like you're trying to goad me into asking that question. So, (laughs) what's Greg into? (laughs) Everything. Everything. (laughs) So he is David Bowie. Yeah. I just imagine, though, like, because if Greg mates, then he dies. I'd imagine that he's purposefully asexual. Right. He sort of is. Right. So asexual in terms of, like, act. But I guess you love who you love is a different story. So I think he's, well, he's a virgin. (gasps) Of course he is. Because otherwise he'd be dead. Yeah, so they're a virgin, but as far as who they were or are sexually attracted to, the answer is open to anything, but could not find. So basically, a sexless <laughs> David Bowie at 300. Oh my goodness. By the way, I also miss David Bowie. 2016 oh. was a rough year for me. A lot of my favorite celebrities died that year. Yeah, David Bowie was a hard one. Aside from the problematic past. Uh, yeah, but there's a level of artistry that you just have to respect. I mean, we could get into more philosophy and talk about death of the artist. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you know what? I think we've lost enough listeners. we got to keep hold of the three that we still have. <laughs> I'm sure they want to hear about death of the artist. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's save that for another wine and spirits edition. Philosophy hour. Uh, all right, so let's talk a little bit more about Greg because we can. What Do you want to? Are you sure? Uh, you know, I'm a little. I'm I'm curious. I'm I'm Greg curious. Aren't we all? Um, there's something about that devil may care charisma that you just find so enticing. So, what is something your character enjoyed before I murdered them ruthlessly that they can't enjoy now? What have I taken away from Greg? Did Greg enjoy anything? I mean, I guess he enjoyed his. Hmm. This is not something I thought about too much. I thought about a lot of, of the things that he had no enjoyment in or lost enjoyment in. He used to enjoy doing drugs. That's an ongoing problem that that we do address. I guess the thing is, is like, as far as drugs, at the point he was in his life, he was already over that. That was already like not something that he could even find solace in. Do we want to put a number on how many years clean and sober he was? I feel like it's been a while because what happened happened a long time ago. And I think that the thing that we're alluding to that we're not going to talk about (laughs) is one of those defining moments that really, I think he went, he spiraled downward. And then when he got out of it. Yeah. So rock bottom was many decades ago. Yeah. Probably like 50, 60 years ago. No, probably even more than that. But you know, it's a process. Spoken to someone who really only has information about that kind of stuff from from television and, and anecdotes, as someone who has never done any drugs in his life. Well, to get real on this, one of the three people I think of, real people, not famous people, not cartoon characters that I based Greg off of, was a former drug addict and someone I'm close to. So that's kind of where some of that inspiration comes from. <laughs> We use inspiration where we have it, and we 
what we want to do is we want to tell stories right. that people will either find relatable, poignant, or affecting in some way. Yeah, and I and I hope it is because I think for me it's a little cathartic. <laughs> In a weird way. Oh, man. And that's how D&D gets you. Yeah. Maybe when I reveal the backstory, I'll explain why it's a little cathartic to me. Well, um, if it's any consolation, (laughs) I have some of that stuff planned for you, but I don't have any of that stuff planned for the immediate or near future. I mean, and we can talk about that, like, not while listeners are listening. In fact, we will. In fact, dear listener, we're going to keep more secrets from you. Is this really an, an interview? Like, they're like, yes, we're going to learn more about the backstory. And it's just like, nope, you're just going to talk about philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. See, this is what you get when you put two teachers <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about how, like, oh, how how do we know things? And I'm thinking to myself as a science teacher, I'm like, well, I know exactly how we know things. Like, there's a process involved. It's called the scientific method. But that's a little bit too concrete. I promise. I promise. Philosophy Corner is almost done. Oh, my God. So you have the scientific method because you're a science teacher. A social studies teacher does not have a scientific method. The fact of the matter is that social studies or rather history is not a science because you cannot recreate what happened in the past no no you cannot although some would argue that we're always recreating what happened in the past because we never learn okay but like the actual like the battle of agincourt is not going to happen again right there's no way that that's the whole thing is like we can create narratives to try to get to the the closest we can based on the information we have but the fact of the matter is we're kind of like detectives yeah like historians have to piece together incomplete information and we cannot recreate it perfectly and in the end the most perfect recreation is black adder true <laughs> i mean everything that happened in black adder actually happened of course what were we talking about we were talking about greg right i thought we were talking about greg but then we just kind of lost hold of it <laughs> we just kept going because we're having fun wait what was the question <laughs> what's something your character enjoyed doing but can't do now nothing oh he's a miserable person Aww. And I don't mean that to be like mean to Greg or to the people he was based off of, but I think there's a reason for it (laughs) now that I'm thinking about it. And maybe it is a little sad. Uh, Yeah, I was about to say that's like that's that's like the saddest answer you could have given. It's sad because it's based in truth. (laughs) Now that there's a bummer note, um, just real quick. Do we want to tell our listeners the South's real life analog? (laughs) It's now. Yeah, you got me from this. See, the snout is a very special place. I feel like, well, didn't we reveal where the snout is? I feel every time the snout comes out, we say it. Do we just want to come out and say that it's... (laughs) (laughs) So all three listeners are now... (laughs) They're like glued to their phones. Where is the snout? The The snout snout has a real life analog. And then what we reveal is that they're from the snout. <laughs> and we'll lose them too. <laughs> I'm I'm obviously on a mission as the social media coordinator to to get to get to just offend every listener. Yes, let's do it. There's there's ratings in controversy. Sure. <laughs> the snout is a cesspool. <laughs> Yes. Not that like I'm saying everyone from the snout are bad people. But you're not not saying that. Well, it just so happens that the three people that Greg is based off of are from the snout. Of course. 
Yeah. Well, at least two of them are. The one person does not live. Well, actually, I think they moved to Florida. <gasps> Where I'm from. And see, the thing is, is that people from the snout, they moved to the snout as a natural migration pattern. <laughs> All right. Well, with those secrets kept, <laughs> I'm, I personally am glad that we have this talk, even though we've lost all but three of our listeners and possibly also offended them. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you realize, of course, that everything that you told me about your character can and will be used against you in the future session. Oh, yeah. Like, that's why I've said it. All right. In that case, I'd like to thank our listeners for joining us for this uh, Wine and Spirits. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. It would really help us if you subscribed, shared, and left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise, and our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. You can find more of his work on Twitter at John Blissart, that's at J-O-N-B-L-I-S-S-A-R-T. Our episodes are produced by me and co-edited by our resident Mushroom Jin. Our social media manager is our favorite surly turtle, DeSombra. Find more about our various social medias by visiting our website, rfedpod.com.